Welcome to Testimony, a musician story. Heard at TestimonyStories.com and narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. On June 4, 1983, in Seoul, Korea, a baby girl was born nameless and soon abandoned by her birth parents. She was put into foster care, and her foster mother called her He-Son. Four months later, she was adopted by American citizens and flown into Staten Island, New York, and named Cynthia Lee. That little girl became a married woman and now legally goes by Cynthia Chi. But on stage and when she is ministering, she is known as Hee-Sun Lee. I guess like beginning of college, I started kind of wondering about my adoption and where I come from and all that. So my adoption agency, um, I actually visited them in New York and I tried to get some of my original documents and, um, you know, they briefly had some stuff about my adoption and what happened. And they said I had three older brothers. Um, My parents pretty much just gave me up right after uh, my mom gave birth to me. So in Korea, it's a little bit different name you in the hospital. You kind of have to take the baby home, and then that you go you go somewhere and name them. So my mother pretty much didn't name me. <laughs> so I wound up directly in foster care, and that's how my foster mother named me. So I thought that was like a significant thing to me because I pretty much was born nameless. <laughs> Until, uh, yeah, so that kind of, when I found that out, I was like, wow, my mother didn't even take the time to name me. <laughs> but, um, you know, kind of got over that now. I think that's why he's son is so important to me because I, I realized that that's, kind of where my whole story started. Her adoptive parents are Chinese, hence the name Cynthia Lee. They also adopted an older boy from Korea. So Cynthia was raised with an older Korean brother by Americanized Chinese parents in a predominantly white area. She listened to new kids on the block, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, the pop sensations of the 80s and early 90s. She watched shows like Full House. So one could imagine the type of identity issues young Cynthia wrestled with. Predestined to shout rebellious sound as my birth mother still is nowhere to be found. 
Unbirth your unwanted child, please Give her the pleasure of never facing her undeserved reality Of unexplained tragedies that now defines her once undefined identity Give her the gift to never feel the pain that no soul can measure To be born in horrible weather With thunderstorms cloud any chance for her to see her treasure Soul career would be the first words in her suicidal letter Please help us to see better Unbirth your unwanted child when I got into high school, I saw a lot of Korean people. I saw just at all races there, and I started to question who I was. And at that time, trying to get to know my own race, it was really hard. Um, you know, not trying to judge certain people in my own race, but they kind of, it's kind of like if you can't speak the language, you can't eat the food, you don't have the parents, you know, you're Korean, but you're really not because they, they you know, you don't come with the whole package. <laughs> and I felt kind of like rejected. I felt like they were judging me a lot. Not speaking for the entire race, just the few that I encountered. So that kind of drove me away. And then when I was in my rebellious stage <laughs> towards, you know, college and everything, I really didn't want to have anything to do with Korean people. I, I actually, to the point, could not. I was ashamed of being Korean. I hated who I was, blah, blah, blah. I, I just was trying to be everything but Korean. So I started questioning myself. I'm like, well, I'm born Korean, but I don't feel Korean enough. So I started just hating myself. I didn't know who I was. I, you know, I can't really go to my parents and ask them because they didn't know and you know they're they're Chinese but they're Americanized so you know it was just all messed up so I, I really didn't know who to go to and you know when when you get to that point when you have a lot a lot of identity issues you start turning towards the wrong things you know get into partying drinking smoking all that stuff so you know I wasn't into drugs or anything like that but it was to the point where I just I just didn't care anymore and I just let loose I would go to a lot of clubs I drank a lot I smoked cigarettes. I tried, you know, the weed thing, but that didn't last too long. But I was really into smoking cigarettes. That was my thing. And I, I would party a lot with my friends. But then that was, you know, lost for college life. And then in and out of that, as crazy as it sounds, that's when I really tried, you know, I found God through all of that mess. You know, I was backsliding a lot, but, you know, at the end result, I, you know, stopped doing all that. But it was a struggle throughout my whole college life. Every mother who adopted, I thank you. Because now these kids have a future to look to. We got to live, show them all that we're there. No matter what, show them all that we care. I pray for them everywhere that I go. No, I live for them. And I see them in my dreams now. I cry for them. Feel the pain in their hearts, so I pray for them. Always going to show them love. I pray for them everywhere In the midst of listening to all that happy pop music, Somehow, 11-year-old Cynthia got her hands on West Coast rapper Warren G's triple platinum album, Regulate, G-Funk era. I don't know how I started listening to Warren, but I actually got his album, and um, I would li- I listened to the whole the entire thing. I was this is 1994, so I was really young, but I was memorizing all of his lyrics. I don't know how I got into it. I don't remember any of that. I just remember being in my mom's minivan, and she was like scream at me because she heard all these curse words so that was my thing I would just listen to the music and then remember it but I mean I didn't I wasn't a heavy hip-hop you know listener I just remembered that album and then I go back and forth into pop, my pop music and stuff but then by like the end of high school that's when I really started listening and then into college Every day I'm on my grind. All the 
young Cynthia grew up in the church until she got confirmed at the age of 13. Then her parents, who believe in God, decided to stop attending church. It took a death of a loved one to draw her closer to God. My end of high school years is when my grandmother died and she was living with me at the time. And that really, you know, shook my life a lot. So my friend invited me to her church and um, there was a revival there and I just broke down. And that's when I accepted God into my life. So I carried that with me into college. But, you know, like I said, I was on and off because of the whole college experience. I would say probably at, towards the end of college is when I started really growing up. <laughs> Christ found me crying in the corner when I was 16 years old and my grandmother passed. Music gave me worth cause the rest of me was trash. A Christian walk with a bumpy path. Relationships with men, depending on them. I gave every part of me away just to get scarred in the end. Sex and parties were my new best friends. Every week feeling sorry for myself so I'd repeat the same process the next weekend again. My pen would leak emotions that flooded every rhyme book I possessed in. Outlet to my stress. These words would manifest as I started performing, recording my songs. This microphone formed me a home and showed me where my life belongs. I never acknowledged my imperfections until ignorant voices corrupted my reflection. Infections of self-pity were damaging my perception on life, love, and hope. Culturally impaired until hip-hop passed by. The first friends I had that never left me and I was too scared to ask why, but I... Broke through them stereotypes People can still mock me But at least now they'll think twice Typically I'm supposed to be an image Formed by this society Korean women aren't known to rock a mic properly But stop to see me Hear me, I'm spitting with a message Jesus Christ is the only reason I'm spitting this aggressive She graduated college in 2005 With a communications degree From Rutgers University in New Jersey In 2009, she got married and became Cynthia Chi. Her and her husband have a two-year-old daughter. Marriage ain't a joke, it takes loads of dedication. Divorce is not an option living in this generation. Success is all they ever stress, no one has patience. We're forced to love each other, that's the motto we're embracing. I've never been perfect, but now I'm getting better. I used to date mad dudes, I was lost as ever. But always kept in touch with this guy from back then. In and out of all my drama, he was there, my best friend. No second guessing, that's right, I married him. He took my loads of baggage and he carried them. I never met a man who put his woman first. Has a heart of gold, he's the real deal, nothing rehearsed. Never caught up in that stupidness, he lives for God knowing him. You need advice on how to be a man, you go to him. A family man, working man, you could bet on it. I thank the Lord every day, he's my special pick. Nothing gets as good as this. I met him when I was, uh, I believe I was like 15. And um, my friend invited me to one of her churches. I didn't stay there, but I just went with her. And um, he was there, so I met him there. But, you know, my relationship with him, his name is Tim. He, uh, we were always on and off. I've known him since, since I was 15, so I'm 30 now. Known him half of my life, but through those 15 years was always very shaky. I, I mean, we probably broke up, I could say, maybe like 30 times. I mean, I, you know, dated guys in between. I was like, I think it played a lot with my just identity issues. I didn't know who I was, so I just, you know, didn't want to be with him. That I wanted to be with him, and it was back and forth. So the credit that I always give to my husband is that, you know, through all of my craziness, he was the only thing that was ever stable in my life because he, you know, as much as all the crap I put him through, he was always there. Like he never left my side, you know. So that's pretty much why I married him. <laughs> he 
Which Korean? Which helps? And it used to actually not help me because when I was going through my identity stuff, I used to hate the fact that he was Korean. So I went through my rebellious stage and I would try and just date only guys who weren't Korean. <laughs> but now that I'm grown up and mature, I'm actually using it towards my advantage because his parents helped me, you know, understand Korean better, his family. So, and for my daughter too, you know, she's obviously Korean. So I want her to learn what being Korean is all about. So. So how has motherhood changed this young woman who was abandoned by her biological parents? She just made me such a better person. I mean, I'm sure a lot of mothers can say this, you know, just that you just learn so much more about life when you have a child and you just have to care for somebody else. You have to be more patient, more selfless, more understanding, you know, just all the good traits, you know, you have to excel more in them. And it just taught me a lot about myself and these things that I never thought I could do. You know, I, a lot of people come up to me and they're just like, oh, I never thought you could be a mother. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, now it's it, it's like my greatest joy. I mean, I would give music up. I'll give everything up just to just be a mother. You know, I, I love just the feeling of just being with her all the time and, you know, just all my crazy ways. You know, sometimes even as humans, as, as much as we've grown in Christ and we're more mature, I'm married now, sometimes you, you, you fall back on those, you know, those those stupid ways and you know you, you, you kind of backslide but the only thing that kind of keeps me in place obviously is God but it's really my daughter I'm thinking you know what what would she think of me if if she knew I did these things or you know I just I could never bring myself to be a bad example in front of her because you know when she grows up I just I don't I don't ever want to have to lie to her or whatever you know I just want to always be that good example towards her so that's how she taught me to keep me in check even though she really doesn't know what's going on yet so As a kid, she loved to write stories and poems and wanted to become an author. Once she discovered hip-hop, she began writing lyrics, and with some encouragement from friends, she started pursuing rapping and fell into a ministry in Queens, New York, while she was in college that allowed her to perform at foster care facilities and prisons. In 2008, He Sun Lee dropped her debut album, Redefined. She released a couple mixtapes after that, but ultimately ended up taking a bit of a break when she became a mother. But now she is back 
And on January 21st, 2014, she will release Stereotypes with her new label, In My City Records. I feel like stereotypes is such a general phrase, but at the same time, everybody could relate to it. And, you know, obviously, you know, what I represent and stuff, a lot of people will realize that, you know, I'm breaking a lot of stereotypes. Being female, you know, being Korean, um, coming from Staten Island, New York. I mean, a lot of, you know, New Yorkers here, they'll pretty much say Staten Island is not the hip hop. Uh, borough, um, you know, the five boroughs, it's usually Brooklyn, Queens. So, you know, Staten Island's pretty much a joke to a lot of people, and I'm trying to let people know that where I come from is not a joke. So all these things I feel like I'm breaking and, um, you know, just representing in a Christian way, a positive way is important, especially in the hip-hop industry. So, you know, when people look at me, they're going to realize, wow, you know, this girl is doing everything that society would never think she would do. And I'm letting everyone know that they can do it. You know, you don't have to be a rapper. You don't have to be exactly what I am. But, you know, just being a Christian itself and proclaiming the gospel wherever you go, that's a breaking a stereotype because a lot of people might be ashamed of doing it or, you know, this world is crazy. So, you know, hearing God's, you know, name and stuff is not common. So that's just what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to just break all the barriers out there, go against the odds, let people know that just go forth, do what you need to do. Don't put limits on yourself. Don't, you know, shy away from your goals just because somebody's telling you you can't do it. We, we've heard these messages before. I just feel like I want to make such an impact on it. You know, I want to make it like a movement. I break stereotypes type of thing. When it comes to breaking stereotypes, his son is coming hard. So hard that inside the booklet for the physical copies of her album, you will find her destroying stereotypes with a surprise weapon. She continues to kick the crap out of the female rapper stereotype with the song Plastic. This is That's pretty much uh, the stereotype of female rappers and uh, I'm not trying to get out a certain rapper, but I'm sure when people hear the word plastic, they're going to know what I'm talking about. Um, is that, yeah, you're just this kind of made up image of what society is telling you a female rapper is and what, what she wears and how she acts and how she mimics certain things. And I'm just pretty much telling everybody in the song that I am the complete opposite of that. I'm not made out of plastic. I'm real. Uh, my words are real. Everything that I represent is real. I'm not trying to follow or, or copy anybody. Um, I just, I love the track, obviously, because of that message. Um, if people hear the song, I mean, the beat is just insane. I feel like even if I was, even there are no words on the, on the beat, that beat itself is just crazy. So it just gets people hyped. Uh, I love performing it. Um, it's just, it's just a great song. So, and it obviously is directed towards women. So they could all relate to that. 
She explains why the song Skin Deep is self-empowering. This is telling the late, it's actually to men too, everyone. Uh, we're more than skin deep, so, you know, stop putting, placing so much value on the outer appearance of who we are, what, what we're wearing, how we look, you know, big, tall, small, whatever. It's a... Uh, it's more important to look on the inside. It's a very general theme. I'm sure a lot of people have heard it before, but uh, this song is just amazing. The chorus is, is crazy. Mia Hunt killed it. I'm supposed to be is He Sun Lee's testimony. Can I start fresh? Release the stress. Calm the storm that keeps beating at my chest. I got this pain in front of me. No more running, see. You're the only one. You're directing who I'm gonna be. I wanna see my marriage prosper. No more struggling. Drama keeps on happening. Our future got me stuttering. I'm supposed to be, uh, that's uh, one of my uh, my testimony songs. I love that song. I, I, I actually love writing songs where um, I'm just talking about, this sounds really bad, but I'm talking about myself and my struggles and what I'm going through. And, you know, I just feel like I'm being very transparent so a lot of people could understand. And, you know, they'll, they'll listen to it and be like, okay, wow, she's going through this, I'm going through it too. And she's being real about it. You know, some... I, I guess I'm not that type of artist who's just, you know, I guess preaching Jesus 24-7, but I'm letting people know that, you know, I have a hard time at, and I do struggle as a, as a Christian artist, just being on stage and sometimes letting the fame get to you or just thinking you're not good enough, you know, all these random things. And then when you get off the stage, you feel like you're being constantly judged. You have to live up to a certain expectation and it's hard. And as much as you want to be a Christian and you want to proclaim the, the, the gospel to people, at the same time, you're worried about the business business aspect of it, making it, all the money you're putting into it, and you're just so lost in the, in the you know the whole entire thing. You feel, you know, you start checking us in yourself, and you just lose your you, you lose your spot in where you're supposed to be. So that's why the chorus is saying where I'm supposed to be, where God needs to bring me, so I can get back to that place. Change me as an ode to her first love in life. Take that pen and paper, now write a lullaby Calm my soul, catch a dream as it's coming by Sky's the limit, flip the page, use the other side I stay inspired so my thoughts are never running dry Hip-hop is more than music, more than making cash It's more than fashion, more than looks, more than rock and swag More than parties, more than sex, more than smoking grass More than beats and flows, and the fame will never last Hip-hop's a life, give a dream, catch a soul feeder A heart pump, a peacemaker, go seeker, it's a freedom donor Believe a challenge reader. Hip hop is loyal, genuine, a love keeper. I'll bring it deeper now. Hip hop, I'll never trade thee. You never left me when this world thought I was crazy. And all alone, and the friendship what you gave me. Who would have thought hip hop, you changed me? That's actually a song about hip hop. <laughs> when you hear it in the beginning, um, you're probably thinking I'm talking about God. But um, at the end of the verse, the third verse, it's telling everyone how much hip hop has changed my life through all my, you know, identity issues and not knowing where I can't come from. And I could honestly say that hip hop and writing and just venting through poetry and all that stuff is what got me through all the years. 
And uh, I was just thanking hip hop and letting people know if they didn't already <laughs> that hip hop is more than what you're seeing on MTV and BET now. It's it's not about sex and drugs and partying. It's it's about you know expressing yourself. And it was just such a lifesaver for me. Spoken word is another passion of hers, and she included a piece about her home country entitled North Korea. I keep my Bible hidden under my bed during the day. There aren't many other places I can hide it in my house since it's not very big. But I manage. See, I've been the proud owner of this Bible for about a year now. It still comes and goes, but I can honestly say that I don't live in fear now. It appears now that I'm stronger. The words come to life when I read them. I believe them. So I take this book out every night with my mother. We crawl into bed together and hide under the covers. We hold up a small flashlight to light up the pages. I never thought that this was the definition of being courageous. It's just shouting out um, what North Koreans go through. I, I don't blame people. They just they really don't know what what goes on over there. Um, it's it's just it's it's just a horrible situation. Um, not. Well, not just Christian wise, just in general. I mean, just the dictatorship and how the, it's run there. It's just so hard to live and be happy. And on top of that, you can't even be Christian publicly. And, you know, they're just getting executed like crazy. And uh, I've just been reading stuff and all these documentaries on what they go through. They get sent to concentration camps. They get tortured. And these, some of these women, they, they try and flee to China to try and, rescue, to try and find refuge. And they get caught. And they either get sold as sex slaves or they get sent back to North Korea and they go into concentration camps and they get tortured there. It's just, it's so hopeless over there. And I just, I, I feel horrible. You know, I mean, I don't know what I can do, but obviously because they are Korean, I have a special heart towards them. I'm not sure if this is exactly true, but from what I did read is that uh, they are the number one, like, ex persecuted country for Christians in North Korea. And it just happened recently, like a month or two ago, I just saw an article that the guy, the president of the country, he just executed all these Christians, like in a stadium, and he had all these people watch, like little kids, just watching these these people just get killed. I mean, he's crazy. Yeah, and it just keeps going, and it's just horrible. There are very few female rappers in the hip-hop industry, and there aren't too many proclaiming their love for Jesus Christ. Being a female rapper is a bit challenging for various reasons, and they are often discriminated against. But Hisan has faith that things will change. I don't think, you know, everybody out there is against female rappers. It's just because you don't see it as, as often. So when you do see a female rapper on stage, sometimes, you know, stereotypes play in or they start thinking things they don't think it was serious, you know. And on the female side of it, the artists that they're thinking, well, oh, man, I got to come a certain way. I got to come hard. I got to do this and that. And it just it gets harder for us to, to do it. And uh, sometimes we, we go too hard or we're, we're not ourselves. So I, I just feel like being a female rapper is just is just so many um, trials and struggles involved in it. But once we get past a certain stereotype and people start opening their minds to it, it'll get bigger, you know, and, and more people, you know, supporting it and tweeting about it, posting stuff up. It just helps, you know, 
it's awfully soon. By the time people finish listening to a Hee-Sun Lee song or poem, she has changed their first impression by redefining the stereotypes that have existed for years. By the conclusion of any of her works, there should be no question about who she is or the God she represents. When I go on stage, you know, they don't know who I am. So they're just like, okay, what's this Asian girl doing up here? What's she going to do? Saying blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I love that, you know, that kind of, they had no idea where this was coming from type of thing. So I'm just letting people know, as soon as they get on stage, I'm letting them know who I represent, what I'm about, you know, and even if they did know I was a rapper, you know, I'm telling them what type of rapper I am. You know, I'm not going to be the rapper that you're used to seeing on TV or whatever. So at the end of it, you know, I tell them, I hope I change your first impression of what a female rapper should be. So usually I do. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. This has been a Brown Theory production and an 83 Media production. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. That's TestimonyStories with an S, dot com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Don't care what they say, I'm ready for them to get to know me. You should get to know me.